This week on the Media Virus Podcast. Cocaine hippos are recognized as people and are pre-registered as Democrats. In-ass hell, ex-ass hell. It could be a career move. And what really matters to men about breasts? And then maybe the doc will give us the other half of the story, because who doesn't love some titties? It's the Media Virus Podcast. Let's point and laugh at the world burning around us. With executive producer, Mike Latouris. That there's a fancy doctor in word, but crack. Featuring the diversity duo, Stanley McFadden and the lovely and talented doctor. Ah! Ah! Shut the fuck up, Maddie. And now, spreading the sage nihilism of an aged Gen Xer, your host and mine, the star of our show, the incomparable Maddie Rockdev. So anyway. Hot damn, do we have a fucking show for you people this week. My camera went out for some fucking reason. My am Maddie Rockdev, the maddiest of all Rockdefs. This is the Media Virus Podcast. Please like, subscribe, follow, share, you know, whatever you're, you know, enveloping us, however you are, you are taking us in, you are ingesting us, you are, we are penetrating your soul, wherever you are doing that, whatever the, the little, is there a thumb up, is there a heart, I don't know, I don't know how things work, uh, whatever the positive message is, please click on that. Um, let me get right to introducing the executive producer of the program, the reverend and uh, and professor. He does enjoy stroking pussy. Uh, the reverend and professor, Mike Latouris. Good evening, everybody. This is this is Peppers. He's he's our littlest pussy. And he's very he's very needy tonight. She, you're oh needy pussy. Oh, that's the, uh... <laughs> Apparently, let's see if this helps. Let's get to, uh, <clears throat> speaking of uh, needy, that's not a good transition. The, the lovely and talented doctor. Evening, gentlemen. How are you? Use that term loosely, I'm sure. Gentlemen? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, how was your week, guys? I've had better weeks. Mm. You know, that's... Had a, had a long litany. I, I, you know, I don't know if uh, I had a little bit of a mouse problem in the studio. Had to take care of that. Had some had some other issues. Um, but uh, you know, I'm oh, sure either either Mike what or I could living help fuck. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, yeah, I'm sure either Mike or I would have been happy to lend you our kitties to help with that problem. Oh. That's, uh... <clears throat> well, speaking of kitties, I don't know how that pans out, but, uh... He's a connoisseur. He's a connoisseur of kitties. Stanley. Stanley McFadden. Big Daddy. How are you today? Oh, not bad. Not bad. No. Ladies, take it all in. Big Daddy, I, I thought you were allergic to kitties. Uh, I am allergic to 
to kitties, but I will die for a good cause. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. Uh, do, do you think the, the cocaine hippos are going to have uh, have pet kitties now that they're they're declared people? I hear that uh, in a in a U.S. first, the district court has recognized animals as legal people for the first time. And of course, it's Pablo Escobar's infamous cocaine hippos. The historic ru- ruling by the U.S. court for the Southern District of Ohio on October 15th recognizes the hippos as the first non-human creatures to be legally considered people in the U.S. If you have a question about what or... Should that be who a cocaine hippo is? Let's do a brief recap. Infamous drug kingpin Pablo Escobar smuggled dozens of exotic animals onto his property, uh, onto his private ranch in Colombia in the 1980s, including four hippos. After he was killed in 1993 by police, most of the animals were shipped off to zoos, except for the hippos that proved so difficult to capture, the police left them on the land, thinking that African native creatures would probably die. But instead, they started breeding prolifically. 30 years later, the 120-strong population roam Colombia and are considered one of the top invasive species in the world. Wow. We thought we had it bad with the spotted lanternflies. Right? The government and scientists have been considering their fate for years. Conservationists are concerned about the ecological damage that they're doing to Colombia's Magdalena River Basin, while others have used them to make a case for invasive species. Colombian authorities decided back in 2009 to kill them off, sparking an outcry, and the plan never quite got off the ground, though it has been picking up speed. Last July, Colombian attorney Luis Domingo Gomez Maldonado filed a lawsuit on the hippo's behalf to save them from being euthanized, instead suggesting sterilization. Colombian officials agreed, and the plan to use chemical contraception to sterilize a portion of the main population began to be carried out last week. The local region's environment agency sterilized 24 of the hippos using darts as of last Friday. The lawsuit to save the hippos argues argues for the use of another contraceptive drug and that the deal could still allow for a loophole for some of the hippos to be killed. So the U.S. Animal Legal Defense Fund stepped in, filing a legal application to depose two Ohio-based non-surgical sterilization wildlife experts to testify on behalf of the plaintiffs. To be clear, the hippos. Hippopotami? Yeah, hippopotami. Uh, One hippopotami cannot get on a bus. (laughs) Okay. An old song. It's not hip- hippopotamuses. Uh, I only like hippopotamus. It depends on which song you consult, I suppose. I was just. Yeah, because like, and I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. It is hippopotamuses. That's right. But well, in the it's going to have to be different. Being a cocaine hippopotamus, it's going to have to be a different song. I want a hippopotamus. I want a hippopotamus. It's my favorite my favorite scene in Dewey Cox. You ever see Dewey Cox walk hard? I don't know how to answer that question. It's been a while. 
So it's a it's a John C. Riley film, and it's a, it's kind of like a complete shit. Or it's like a satire of Walk the Johnny Cash biopic Walk the Line. Only it's fucking great. <laughs> it's one of the greatest movies ever written, and the best is uh, where the he the, he tries cocaine for the first time right before band practice. He's like, walk hard, hard, down the ass. And he's playing it really fast. He's like, you're jumping around like you're some kind of punk, Dewey. If you don't know the movie, if people who do, people listening who know the movie, they're laughing right now, remembering. So you know. And just so I, when I say something is, is great, I think Mike can attest, because he's recently, out of my recommendation, he's recently seen Drowning Mona. I have. Which, which, one of the best goddamn it's, movies you will ever watch. It's amazing. You should you should really check it out. It's on Amazon Prime this month. Um, All right. Bette def- Midler. Definitely worth the watch. Star-studded cast. And, um... Casey Affleck. If Danny DeVito. All right. You, you kind of had me at Bette Midler, but... It would... I'm more surprised that you watched a movie that had Bette Midler in it. No, this this is her best. This miss made me fall in love with Bette Midler. This movie, I I never thought I'd seen B- Bette Midler in, in a sexual way before, until seeing Drowning Mona, and going, I just I want to fuck her so bad. <laughs> She's such a bitch, it's so just, great. Just uh, Maddie for for posterity, would you please say the line, I want to fuck Bette Midler. <laughs> I want to fuck Bette Midler. Why would I say that? <laughs> so that Mike can make a soundbite out of it and play it back later. But, uh, uh, and it's just one of those, it's, you got to watch, and I, I would recommend watching it again because you'll see shit that you were laughing at, you yeah. laughing over the, the first time. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely one of those. It's a layer cake. Got to right. watch it again. And definitely watch it with your theater eye open. Yeah. Because right. it could really... And what is it? What, Mona? Drowning Mona. Drowning oh, Mona. Oh, you, you, you could do a live. A live. I, I really think that this could be a... a you could probably... A stage show. Cut it into and a three-act at some point. It, it would be a little tough with, with, the, with all the, the set changes, but it, there, there's got to be a way that you could do a three-act out of it. The, the, and the acting is so fucking... I don't... Who played the husband, Mr. Dueling? Oh, I can't think of that guy's name. He's a famous actor. Like he's somebody. Yeah, yeah like everybody he, in he's is a, somebody. Yeah, no, I mean that movie. Fucking Jamie Lee Curtis is in that movie. It's fucking incredible. So uh, anyway, um, coming right back around, coming coming, you know, to entertainment. I think one of the things that uh, you know Doc had mentioned in like one of our prelim meetings was you know how low class we can be and how her as a as a french teacher you know having class because france uh is the birthplace of class and sophistication and you know our humor has just gone to the depths of you know depravity but back in the back in like the 1890s things were classy right mike that's what I hear, since we're jumping off the hippos. We're going to go right to the man who learned that he could suck water into his anus and turn it into a career. This was in... Okay, go ahead. Wow, that's really enterprising. 
how much how much water can you suck into your anus? Um, who, who are you asking? I, I've I've not taken a poll. I've not measured, but thank you for asking. <laughs> <clears throat> in 19th century France, yeah, a young. I, in 19th century, please continue. In 19th century yeah, France, a young Joseph Pujol, P U J O L. Pujol. Well, that sounds like a Spanish name. But it, it Pujol? Pujol. <laughs> right? The guy's name Can is Pujol? Sure this is a real story? Pujol. It is. It's, it an, is. it's an I fucking love science, isn't it? it yes. It, this is for real. Was taking a swim when he realized that he could inhale vast volumes of water through his anus. Eventually deciding to turn it into a hit stage show at Moulin Rouge under the name Le Petomaine, which apparently uh, translates to the Fartomaniac. I I can't say that that's true or not. Uh, We're far. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm defaulting. Gonna go and, I'm gonna go ahead and verify that because the word pete p e t e r in French is to fart. Yeah. Okay, so petomaine. So yeah. Le Petomaine. Pujol, born in 1857, was on holiday when he discovered his superpower. Still in school at the age of 10. Vicky, hold on. Which turned out to be a complete waste of time given his eventual career. He was holding his breath under... He was holding... control your dicky. Dicky, stop. He was holding his breath underwater when he felt a strange cold sensation of a large volume of ocean water shooting into his rectum. When he understandably fled the water, he noticed the liquid leaking out. The boy mentioned the incident to his family doctor, who laughed and dismissed his gift, telling him it was nothing to be concerned about uh, and that he did not uh, have to contact the Avengers. Uh, For the time, Joseph forgot his skill. But years later, however, after recounting the antidote to his friends in the French army, he decided to try it once more. With his friends gathered around, presumably resigned to the fact that the dinner party didn't quite have the original classy tone that they had intended, Pujol Pujol placed his anus below the surface of some water and sucked hard. Amazingly, he could still do it. With further training, he discovered he could suck up about two liters of water and roughly the same volume of air in one go by bending over and covering his nose and mouth, then contracting his diaphragm. This increased the volume of his abdomen and pulled in air, much the same way your lungs do. A few training montages later, he could also vary the volume and pitch of his farts, do impressions of other people's farts, play the flute from behind, and blow smoke rings out of both his anus and mouth at the same time. At the same time. His farts. Now that's talent. His that's fa- talent. His farts were also apparently <laughs> odorless, perhaps due to Pujol giving himself five enemas a day. A 2013 paper in the Journal of French Cultural Studies explained the air he expelled and used his sphincter muscles to make vibrate, much as we do with our vocal cords when we speak and sing, was fresh air he had anally breathed in. Naturally, his eyes lit up with dollar signs, and he decided to take the show on the road. Before long, he secured or an audition. Frank signs, actually. True, Frank signs. Before long, he secured an audition at Moulin Rouge, where he nervously sucked up water and cleaned out his moneymaker before playing tunes to the owner, who hired him immediately. 
can you imagine being on stage and like playing the you know the trumpet or whatever? And then <laughs> you get a little bout, a little Taco Bell, you know what I mean? A little mud, a little mud butt, and it just goes spraying like through the trumpet. It, 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 the trumpet like amplifies, <laughs> like the big horn thing. It's gotta amplify it, right? So it just like a cannon, like a diarrhea cannon upon an audience. Also, do you think when he saw the Frank signs in his eyes, you heard La Ching Ching? Yes, certainly. <laughs> I think that's absolutely historically factually accurate. Um, but not for nothing. No, that, that act would have fit in perfectly to the Moulin Rouge. The Moulin Rouge, don't forget, that's the dancing topless ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually did go see a show there uh, a couple of years ago. It's amazing. I mean, there were contortionists and, you know, a lady in a fish tank and, and a guy who, like, stood on a pile of glasses, dinner glasses. And, I mean, like, it's amazing. What they, what they do at the Moulin Rouge is astonishing, but not what you would call high culture. Class and sophistication. Uh, yeah, definitely. That's what, that's what that's what France is supposed to be about. The fact that the <laughs> fact I don't, you know what's really classy, French boobs. French boobs are French yeah, boobs. I guess so I mean I don't know. Now Europeans they don't like women. European women, they don't make a habit of shaving. No, they just they just don't. Do you think boobs get hairy? No, they don't. Um, and I, I can tell you this, not just from personal experience, but don't forget that many of the beaches in Europe are topless as well. Hmm. So there's been a but study. I've seen, I've seen probably more boobs than, you know, than you might expect. This study has <laughs> apparently revealed what matters to guys when it comes to breast attractiveness. A study published in the journal Evolution and Human Behavior claims the size and firmness of women's breasts dictates how attractive men find them. The study involved 267 men in Brazil, Cameroon, the Czech Republic, and Namibia. According to the study, medium-sized breasts were seen as the most attractive in Brazil, the Czech Republic, and Namibia. People in Cameroon seem to prefer large breasts. We found cross-culturally... Consistent preference for firm breasts, which are typical for women in young adulthood. The study's lead author, Jan Havilacek from Charles University in Prague, told the Post. You know what's funny is Doc is playing Put a Finger Down edition. of, of And so every time you mention big boobs, uh, she's putting a finger down. But then when you, when you mention firm breasts, like, like that of a young woman. Yeah. There were no fingers. There were no fingers that came down. I think firm is a judgment call. Like, I mean, you can't have size and firmness. Mm. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, all right. Well, okay. Yes, you can. In contrast, we found a large, a quite large variation in breast size preferences. In most tested countries, the medium-sized breasts were the most preferred. To come to this conclusion, the researchers showed participants images of different breast sizes, which the researchers say is a marker for potential for fertility. And breast firmness, a marker of residual fertility. This pattern supports the idea that breast morphology may serve as a residual fertility indicator, 
but offers more limited support for the potential fertility indicator hypothesis, according to research. So it has limited support like a like a Kmart bra? I'm thinking. Yeah. Just an over-the-shoulder boulder holder. Limited support. Future studies should focus on potential interaction between the two parameters, breast size and firmness, which taken together... I think future studies should include the parameters in my face going like this. <laughs> future studies should definitely have included me. I've been conducting my own research for decades. I thought... I, so originally when we were out working on the top three, I was actually focused on it today and one of the jokes was mine not the, none of the good ones but i was like all right i want to but i wanted to try to find a way to combine this study with the study of female orgasms and you know we should really focus on recreating those studies on you know like per person you know i for but one use, would like to volunteer use people in the states like yeah like, of course it would be yeah you know but, Wait, what uh, are you volunteering for? The study on female orgasms. We have to go. You have to. You have to oh. for both. And what was yeah. the first? What was the other part? The, the first. The first one is they're we're rating attractiveness of breasts. All right, that's fine. I'm down for that. Okay. All right. We could probably pull both studies uh, off. The same I time. noticed. I noticed that they the the study said nothing about um, flawless porcelain creamy white complexion. No. Nope. No, not that's a one. Nothing. Huh. Weird. Yeah, right? That's true. It mentioned Weird. nothing. Weird, they didn't mention that specifically. I mean, you could have, like, all brown, freckled, you know. I Mis- mean, not that there's anything wrong with brown. But, I mean, you know, like. Misshapen areolas and. Yeah, and, yeah. And weird dangly nipples. Hairs and stuff. Uh, right? There's a lot I that mean, can go know, wrong. There's, there's a lot that can go wrong. It's all, it always goes right. Everyone. Okay, la- la- ladies. If. If I'm sucking on a titty and I come up with hair in my teeth, <laughs> you got problems. What if you're just, what if it's just one and you're stuck? Like, <laughs> if like, it's just uh, one, uh, okay. But, but you're stuck. If it happens more than once, problem. Problem. Ladies, you, you, you got to take care of that. I think right. You you could I mean, you could you could very carefully extricate it from your teeth, and have a little nipple marionette. It's kind of the same. <laughs> it's kind of the same reason why, ladies, you need to tend to the garden, right? Like if you want visitors to the love garden, then you know you gotta make sure that the lawn is tended. Same thing. Like if you're going down on a dude and you're hairballing it then, you know, some maintenance is required. A little manscaping. Gentlemen. A little manscaping is necessary. Know, every, every once when in a while, I like edges. to take a, take a stroll through a, through an unmowed field, you know, and just stop and feel the grass you know as why, I walk through it. Does everybody remember why pubic hair is curly? So you don't poke an eye out. Nice. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Huh. Okay. More well, I know. think that's a that's a good note to go to break. No, what are we? What are, that's actually that's happen? actually a perfect uh, perfect segue. Yeah. Let's what's, let's go uh, ahead. And... What's going to happen when we come back, Mike? When we come back, 
We're going to talk about some woke stuff. I've got some more news. Um, we're going to push Tipsy Tarot for at least another week. So we'll do woke stuff in the B block. Uh, C block will become uh, more news. And from there, we'll go on to a stack of TikToks from Maddie's TikTok Nonsense Corner. In the meantime, you can give us a ring at 1646-VIRUS-01. That's 1646-VIRUS-01. And we'll be back right after this. I wish I could hear the bumpers through the headphones. I'll be right back. I have to go make sure that Dickie didn't pee on something. Mm. 